This is PhotoBizX, episode number 385, and today we're talking photography wall art and how you can make consistently larger sales week in, week out with your clients. Our special guest is New Zealand-based dog photographer Craig Turner-Bullock, and that interview's coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm looking forward to getting into this interview and sharing it with you because what I love about Craig's business model is the fact that he is based in New Zealand. It's not some major city with uber-rich clients all around that he's able to tap into, yet his packages or his pricing starts at $2,000 and his most popular package is $3,500, which I absolutely love because one of the things I hear so often is from photographers who live in areas that listen to interviews with other photographers who seem to be getting these incredible sales and they say to me and to other photographers that, oh wow, I wish I had clients like that who lived near me that I was able to access and tap into so I could generate the same kind of sales as I'm hearing about on the podcast with these other photographers. Well, I can tell you, Craig is going to share in detail exactly how he's doing what he does. And it revolves around intimately knowing who his ideal clients are, curating the kind of portfolio that he wants to be shooting and selling and that his clients love, a very structured pre-shoot consultation and a streamlined sales process. I think you're going to love what Craig has to share in the interview coming up. Now, as far as me and my week is concerned, what I'm most excited about is the weekend that just passed because it was one of those weekends where it was predicted to be foul weather and nothing was going to be going ahead as planned. Instead, the sun was shining, the temperatures were warm, and it was a great weekend. I got plenty of cycling in, I got a race in, I got what is fast becoming a family tradition, which is the Sunday afternoon golf session with my two boys and my nephew. And we followed that up with family dinner at my place. So all around a fantastic weekend. And I hope it was the same for you. Interestingly, I'm going to digress slightly here for just a minute. My eldest son, Matthew, has been playing golf for a little while now, just over 12 months. And he was hitting the ball so well when he first started, like I thought, wow, he, he's a real natural, which I'm sure every dad thinks about this when it comes to sport or any kind of talent. In the last few months, he has developed some terrible habits. He's got this incredibly savage slice and he's, he's spending more time in the opposite fairway, in the bush, looking through the creek to find his lost balls. I mean, it is... It's been a struggle for him and it's been tough to watch because he really wants to be enjoying his golf. And I kept saying to him, listen, you've got to stop practicing. You've got to stop playing. You have to go and get a lesson from a pro. Um, YouTube videos aren't going to cut it. You need to go and have someone look at your swing and give you some direction. Anyway, he put this off for, for months, like literally months. Finally, last week, he booked a lesson with a local golf pro. It was... 
I think $65 for a 45-minute lesson. And he came home from the lesson, and he, he was pretty happy. But what he was most upset about was the lesson only went for 35 minutes. The, the pro seemed to cut it short, still charging the full amount. And he, he was a little bit upset about that. He only works part-time. He's a uni student, so money's not coming easily. And I said, listen, forget about the money. Like, that is spent now. Did, did things improve? Like, was he helpful? And Matthew's like, yeah, yeah, I was definitely hitting the ball better. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. But it, but, but it just annoys me that it only went for 35 minutes. <laughs> so this is a real sticking point. And he said the guy was lovely. It was just cut too short for no reason other than he thought that Matthew had, uh, had taken enough in for that session. Fast forward to Sunday just gone, yesterday, and Matthew had the game of his life. And like we only played nine holes. It's only for fun. It really is just a laugh and a way for us, us boys to get together on a Sunday afternoon. But he was grinning ear to ear, hitting the ball so much straighter and just loving golf, loving life. <laughs> and I asked him, that $65, was that, was that a good investment? And, he, and he's just... I put a big smile on his face and said, yeah, of course, Dad. <laughs> yeah, it was. And I said, what about the fact that he cut it short? Yeah, that doesn't matter now. I, I totally get that he taught me what I needed to know to, to progress. From that experience, Matthew, my son, now has a, a totally different view on the value of that coaching. Now, how does this tie into photography? Well, I, I think it does in a few ways. Uh, the first one that comes to my mind is the PhotoBizX premium membership. I still get the occasional emails saying, why should I pay $20 a month to listen to podcasts when so many podcasts are free? My response is, look, all you need to do is take out a trial membership, check out the content that I'm saving for premium members, which are always handpicked by me. It's the part of the interview where I know that if you implement what you're hearing, you will see incredible results, whether that's in sales, in bookings, in lead generation, in SEO, in email marketing, whatever. I'm always looking for that little piece of content from the guest. I'm always angling towards a piece of content from the guest to help you with your photography business. And when I hit on that, on that little part, that little bit of information that I know is, is the, the part that is going to make the most difference, the kind of content that I haven't heard before from other guests that I know will move the needle in your business, that's the part I'm saving for premium members. So I say to those, those people who email me, have a listen to the parts you're not getting <laughs> for free. And if you implement just one or two of those ideas, I know the cost of the membership will pale into insignificance. You will forget about your $20 that you paid for that month because if you implement one thing, let's say, for example, from today's interview with Craig, you implement one thing that you hear from Craig and you make an extra $1,000. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to do the maths in my head, but I think that's about five years worth of a PhotoBizX premium membership and even less if you sign up for a six-month membership, which you can get on special at the moment for $60, so $10 a month. And the other way I think these golf lessons that Matthew had or this single, single, one single golf lesson that Matthew had that he thought was too expensive or he wasn't getting enough value from ties into photography is with photography business coaching. And I talked last week about starting or creating a new series of interviews of audio diaries, the coaching diaries with photographers who have just signed up 
with a photography business coach so we can follow their progress, hear about the sign-up process, the onboarding process, hear how much they're paying, why they chose the coach they've chosen. Well, I'm happy to say I've kicked that off. I've started to record those interviews. I've got photographers lined up from five or six different photography business coaches. I'll be introducing them to you probably in about a month's time from now, four four to six weeks time from now. And the idea is I can introduce each of those photographers to you, plus have some audio diary episodes edited and ready to go. So these are going to be audio diary entries that they've recorded where they share snippets of the progress they're making as they go along with their photography business coach. Obviously, if they're not going deep enough into the kind of content that we want to be hearing as listeners, then I'll get them back on the show and I'll be diving deeper into their, into their processes and what they're actually doing to, to get the success that they're experiencing. So yeah, I just wanted to let you know that that is coming. And if you've been thinking about hiring or signing up or booking in with a photography business coach, these interviews, this audio diary series will be a huge benefit, a huge help to you and your business. So stay tuned for those coming up in the near future. And just quickly, there's a good chance you aren't listening to the podcasts and experiencing the same kind of conditions I am when it comes to COVID and the government enforced restrictions around photography, business, social distancing. It really does depend on where you're living, where you're based and what the rules and regulations are. But I'm really happy to report that my fellow photographers in Melbourne, Victoria, finally, finally, as of today or possibly tomorrow, are able to get outside and start photographing clients again. So this is portrait photographers being able to work outside because up until now, everyone has had to wear masks. And there were no specific rules indicating that portrait photography clients could not have a photography session without a mask, which means it wasn't possible to photograph portraits. So yeah, really good news for Victorian-based photographers who will now be able to start start business again, start marketing, start advertising. Hopefully they've already been doing that and uh, they, they have a, a lead source that they can tap right into, whether that's emails, whether that's leads generated by social media or third-party marketing, hopefully hopefully those photographers are able to hit the ground running and, and really kick what's left of the year into gear and get some income coming in and producing some fantastic content. And look, I really do hope it's the same for you wherever you're listening to the podcast from. Alrighty, let's get into the rest of this episode. I'm excited to get into the interview with Craig in just a second. And now, a macro look at the last episode. If you didn't catch last week's episode with Michelle Fay, it was a follow-up interview, a follow-up episode with Michelle who appeared on the podcast the week before with Sam Goodwin. Both photographers rejigged their pricing after working with photography business coach Joel Dunn and have seen huge success as a result. Well, I got Michelle back onto the podcast because when her interview went live with Sam, she emailed me to say that, hey, things have changed again. I've made some more changes. I'm making more money. I'm happier and things are running better than ever. So I got Michelle on to talk more about what she's implemented specifically to get that rise in profits and make larger sales. So tune in and hear that from last week's episode if you haven't heard it. Plus, we talked all about pop-in portraits. Now, I might have been living under a rock, but I'd never heard of these things, pop-in portraits. But they are making a huge difference to Michelle's business. We dive deep into those. 
these are $20 portrait sessions, which I thought when I first heard of it, sounds ridiculous. How can you make any kind of profit from a $20 session? But Michelle assured me that it has made a huge difference to her bottom line. She knows or she treats them as a loss leader, but they've actually been producing a fantastic income after having seen that part of her business grow over time. And now they really are something substantial. So if you're unaware of pop-in portraits and want to learn more about them, check out last week's interview with Michelle Fay, also from New Zealand. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. We're going to jump into this interview with Craig in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. And that means, like I said earlier in the intro, that I will be saving, I don't want to say the best part, but the the part that will make the biggest difference to your business, I'm saving that specifically for premium members only. So you will miss out on that part of the interview as a free listener. Now, if you'd like to hear the full interview with Craig today to get that best content, you can check it out for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership. Head over to photobizx.com forward slash try for more information about that. Sign up there for a dollar. Get full access to the interview today with Craig. Get full access to the back catalog where you can hear the full interviews with any guest I've interviewed in the past. Plus, the pretty incredible deals you're going to hear about later on in today's episode. photobizx.com forward slash try if you want more detail on that. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is award-winning dog photographer Craig Turner-Bullock. His awards include Dog Photographer of the Year in 2020, New Zealand Institute of Professional Photography Portrait Photographer of the Year in 2018, and he's an official Fujifilm X series photographer. Originally from the UK, he's now based in New Zealand. Craig is difficult to miss with his purple-coloured hair. And his photography is absolutely gorgeous. It's colourful, bright, full of personality, and distinctively his. One thing that immediately stood out to me when visiting his website, in addition to his photography, was his pricing. Packages start at $2,000, and his most popular option is $3,500. There's also an emphasis on his Dogorama prints, which are beautiful, large panoramic wall art featuring, you guessed it, dogs. I'm looking forward to diving in and learning more, and I'm wrapped to say Craig is with me now. Craig, welcome, mate. Hey, thank you for having me. <laughs> it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Look, I've got to be honest with you. I was a little bit surprised when I went to your website and saw that packages start at $2,000. Like, do you get that same, like, um, do you hear that from clients? Do they balk at those prices? Yeah, they can do. I get a lot of people who think my prices are expensive, but that's okay. I've got plenty of clients who don't think my prices are too expensive, and those are the people that I want to get through the door. I love that. I love that. So so when you hear or someone tells you, oh, wow, that's expensive, do you have a like a canned response or do you just let them know that, hey, maybe we're not a good fit? <laughs> um, it's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I just say, well, look, this is why, you know, my, I've changed a lot over the last five or six years. So there's kind of a reason why my prices are what they are and why they start from that. So those are for my packages, but I do do individual product as well. But my cheapest product still is $999. 
And part of the reason for that is because I don't do anything smaller than 16 by 24 inches. So my print sizes are quite big. I want people to have decent sized wall art. I don't want to be giving out a handful of five by sevens or eight by tens. And I don't want people comparing what I'm doing to stuff that they can just go and get at the local, you know, stationery. Got it. Got it. These kind of things that you've just shared with me now, are they the same kind of things you share with the client when you get an inquiry? Yeah. So the immediate response to any inquiry I get in has my prices start from on it because, you know, they haven't always looked at the website or read what the prices are. And I don't want to go through the whole process with somebody and either spring a nasty surprise at them at the very end, or they're not fully aware from the get-go what they should be expected that it's going to cost them up front. Got it, got it. I'm going to dive more into your processes and how all this works, you know, and what clients are getting for the money that they're spending with you. But do you have an ideal client in your head? Because one thing that I noticed with your photography is most, I think almost all of your work that I've seen features the pet only, whereas a lot of other pet photographers are also featuring the clients in the photos as well. Yeah, I do have an ideal client and they are the people that want sort of art of their dog. Although almost every shoot I do photograph the owner with the dog as well. A lot of the time people want to be in the photos too. And I really enjoy kind of photographing that relationship and the connection between dog and owners. But that's not what I want to attract as my main clients. So I just don't really share dog and owner shots very much. So I kind of carefully curate what I'm showing people to, you know, bring in the work that I want to actually do. Okay. So from the clients that you're servicing, are many of those clients actually purchasing wall art with themselves in the photos or hardly ever? No, not very often, but they always, so the packages on my website and that start from 1999, they have all got a piece of wall art and an album in, and they love having the shots of them together in the albums as well. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let me take a step back here. Now, when I introduced you, I talked all about your pet photography or your dog photography, and we talked about wall art and your dogoramas. Do you also shoot commercial work or is it all domestic clients? Yes, I do. I do a fair bit of commercial work as well now. Yeah. Okay. So who are the commercial clients? It varies really. Like I really like working with small businesses it's great to be able to connect and build relationships with people who are directly responsible for what they're doing in their businesses. So I love love connecting with those people and, and maybe having a little bit more input into the, the shoot itself and how the images will look, because a lot of the times those people will come to you and not really have a really clear idea of, of what they want. They just know they want nice photographs to help promote their business or their products or services. But I do a lot of stuff for bigger companies as well. I've done a lot over the last two or three years for Purina with a local New Zealand brand of their dog food called Tux. And I've shot, I think, six, uh, yes, six packaging shoots for them now. So my images are on their packaging all in all in every New Zealand supermarket. So that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. And I've done some stuff for for Mars, for their Neutro brand, which was for a big campaign in North America and yeah, so it's a really varied kind of commercial client base that I've got as well. Okay, so when you originally said commercial work, I'm thinking of you know pet groomers, local vets, dog training companies, dog boarding kennels. Are they your clients as well? 
yeah, so I do stuff for that sort of thing too. So that's all the kind of the smaller local stuff, which is awesome. And, and I've made some great connections that have been really beneficial to my business by working with some of those companies too. Right, okay. Um, yeah, my local vet's been amazing. I've done some great stuff with a local doggy daycare. And then, you know, that turned into doing some events there a few years ago, which were really successful. Um, yeah, so so lots of lots of that sort of thing too. Yeah. So what makes your business the success that it is? Like if I was to look down, you know, your profit and loss spreadsheet, where would the bulk of the income be coming from? Or where do you see most of the success coming from? Is it the large corporation, the smaller commercial clients or the domestic clients? Do you know, it's a fairly even split now between my commercial and my private clients. It's hard to say one is more than the other. I guess I do still shoot more for private clients, but the value of the commercial work's been higher. So in terms of kind of income, they're about half and half. And then, yeah, a lot of, you know, get a a decent amount now from the education stuff I've been doing the last few years too. So yeah. That's education with other photographers. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Can you put your finger on why these bigger corporations or commercial clients started contacting you? Um, That's a really tricky question, I think, because I don't, really know the answer why I guess that they've seen my work and they like what I do and I think maybe again largely that's been because I'm really careful about curating my portfolio so my first kind of commercial jobs came quite by surprise I guess and then I've I've kind of over the last few years I've put more of an effort into the commercial side of things and the way that I word things on my website and that I've got my commercial portfolio on there as well and and all of that so now I've got a section for the commercial side of things that people looking for commercial work can go straight to and that seems to have definitely been bringing in more commercial inquiries as well got it so if you get a an inquiry from a commercial client whether it's a it might be different I was going to say one of the smaller businesses or one of the bigger corporations do you have to source the talent, um, I guess that's the right terminology. Do you have to find the pets or the dogs to photograph and the locations and you know, everything else that goes into those sessions? Yes. I've found that a lot of them do want me to do all of that stuff as well and kind of do the whole production. I've had a, a doggy model database for a few years now, so I've got a lot of dog models on there that I can call on. So that's been great for that sort of thing. And then a lot of the smaller businesses, they often want to use their own pets as well. So so that that's quite nice that, you know, again, it's a small business that can tie everything into to their lives, to them, and showing their dogs wearing their products or or anything like that. But definitely the bigger ones want me to location scout and want me to source the models and, and things like that on the whole. I've just I'm just working on a quote for a company at the moment which is a huge job. It's probably going to take about a month to shoot, but they've actually sourced the dogs and there's, oh gosh, like 30 dogs in eight different towns around New Zealand. So they've got everything sorted for that. But that's really been the first time that that I've done a a big commercial shoot and it's been all kind of sourced for me sort of thing. Right. That sounds like an amazing job, an amazing opportunity as well. Yeah, that's going to be a great, great job, I think. Yeah. You mentioned the doggy database or dog model database. So is that just a spreadsheet of past clients or who are these dogs? Yeah, so I have built that really from doing model calls on my social. So mostly on Facebook 
Um, if I need something specific, I'll do a shout out. And then anybody that replies, then I'll just say, hey, do you want me to add you to my database for, you know, any future possibilities? So I, I get photos and more details about the dogs and just keep them, yeah, on a spreadsheet. So is that a lead generation and income producing strategy as well? Or is that purely to uh, get name? No, no, not really. I tend to use my model calls only for when I genuinely need a model for something. And whether that's for a personal project or for a commercial job or whatever, it varies. So with a model database, I don't really use that as a kind of leads generator. I just pick the models that I want. And then I try and negotiate with the client that the dog owners will get something and, you know, in return, usually they actually are getting paid now, which is awesome, but at least some products and and the ability for me to provide them with an image or two. But I do always say to the models that I choose that they will get whatever is being offered and have the opportunity to buy more if they want to. So there's no pressure. They can come to the studio, have a look at the images. If they want to buy any of the products, they can buy the products at my regular pricing. But I don't really use it as a, a lead generator or a sales strategy. Right. So the photos that they're coming in to see and potentially buy from if they want to, are they photos from the commercial session or from the model call session? Well, it depends. So it depends what I've used them for. So If they are chosen for a commercial shoot, then they're choosing from the commercial images. As long as I have the client's permission that they can have copies, Um, often I'm finding that even clients who want exclusive rights are quite happy for me to provide printed products, just can't give them anything digital. And then from my model calls, then it's just the, again, yeah, it's the images that I take for model calls. And if I'm doing a model call, it's for a personal project. So I always, of course, make sure that I get the image that I need for my personal project. But I'll shoot a few extras as well of, you know, just kind of portrait style and and that sort of thing to give them something, you know, more specifically to what they might want rather than the things that I need. So I recently did, um, or it wasn't recent now, I suppose, time's flown by, but a couple of years ago, I did a series of images called Dog is Love, um, which was kind of a celebration of love shown using dogs as the model. So I got the shots of these doggy couples. And then, you know, I always made sure I got a shot of each dog individually and a nice portrait and a, a pose shot sitting and that sort of thing as well. I love that. I love it. So when you go into a personal type project, is that you know, with the potential to create a book? Is it uh, for exposure for yourself? You know, why? Or is it just to to push and expand, you know, yourself and your creativity? Uh, all of the above, really. <laughs> I think personal projects are really important in helping photographers grow. You know, you're shooting for yourself. You've got no agenda and client expectations or, you know, boundaries, really. You can do anything you want. But when I'm working on the personal projects, then it's for a purpose. So it is for a book or um, I've done a few fundraising calendars. So actually Dog is Love was a big fundraiser. So I created calendars for that and I created some greetings cards and some little buttons, badges and things like that. And just sold those as a fundraiser for charity, local charity, Rainbow Youth and uh, Dog Charity. And I just changed the dog charity each month. So during the three months I sold the calendar, the money I was raising was going to Rainbow Youth. And then 
they got half and then the other half was a different charity for each of the three months I was selling under the calendars for a different dog charity. Yeah. Right. So how often are you doing these personal projects? I've usually got something on the go all the time. Right. (laughs) I mean, I've definitely got no shortage of ideas. I've been working on a huge project for the last couple of years, which has now had to go on hold indefinitely because of COVID, because this project I've been working on involves a lot of travel. And that was going to be another book, but that will have to wait now. I've been working on something else this year, which I was hoping to release as another fundraiser at Christmas, but I'm going to have to finish that one off next year and have it out for next Christmas, I guess, because again, with lockdown, I haven't been able to shoot. And then since lockdown, it's actually been getting quite a bit busier. So it's been great, but it means that I've had less time to shoot the personal work. So I'm just going to go forwards now and start actually scheduling time in so that I can actually fit in this project and get it done. I really want to get it out there. I've created some images I really love so far and yeah, I just want to share them. So, <laughs> so okay. So and just touching on that before we go back to commercial work quickly, when you have a personal project on the go, do you actually, like you said, schedule in. So I'm, I'm guessing you go to your calendar app or software or diary and you actually block out time to work on the project? And if a client rings and wants to do a shoot during one of those times, do you say no or do you swap things around because it takes precedence over a personal job? It really depends on the needs of the client, I guess. So I'm not going to turn away a paid job, definitely. So if it's something that's really urgent or, you know, if uh, I do a, a fair number, as most dog photographers will tell you, of sessions for dogs who are nearing the end of their life or anything like that, And I will always fit them in no matter what. But generally speaking, they're not urgent and they can wait until I have another booking available so I can keep that space in my calendar to work on the personal stuff. So that's the plan. So I've been a bit out of my usual routine with that sort of thing over the last few months um, for, for obvious reasons. So I've kind of let the routine slip a little bit. And I just need to start getting back into that again and making sure that, yeah, that it is in my calendar that today I'm shooting for this project with, you know, these people or whatever. Got it. Let me take it back to commercial work. Let's say you get an inquiry, you know, when we get off this call for a commercial client, is there set rates depending on whether it's a small business or a corporation? Like how do you price these jobs? So I don't have set rates for the bigger stuff. You know, in the commercial world, what a client wants can vary wildly, you know, where they want to use the images, what they want to do, the images, how many dogs they want to shoot, how many images they want, what they want the licenses to be for. It's it's a huge variation. So I will just take as much, take all the info about that from the client and then say, look, I'll get back to you with a quote. Um, with the smaller companies, I have been doing a small business package. So they get up to a full day of shooting with up to five dogs in up to two locations and it costs a fixed price and they get the licensing then for five images as well. Okay. So what does that cost? Uh, So I actually do that for a thousand dollars plus GST. So yeah, so it's a little bit less than I usually get as my average sale from my private clients. But I think that being able to harness a relationship with a small local business is quite powerful. And yeah, also, I find that the value of these clients over periods of time is really great for my business. So they'll come back to me again and again for a shoot. 
for updated images. And the other thing as well is that, you know, they get five images included in the package, but there obviously are more than five images available from a day's shooting. So they can buy additional images and most of the time they don't. Got it. And then this is where they'll either decide to use their own pets or they'll access your database, which I can see here now you have over a thousand dogs on your database to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. There's quite a few on there now. (laughs) (laughs) And the database then, is that a spreadsheet? Is it an online thing that they can just go and access? How do you handle that? Yeah, it's all very laborious for me, unfortunately. I haven't really kind of nailed how to store all of that stuff yet. So it's all on a spreadsheet, you know, with columns, which with the contact details, the dog's name, the dog's breed and a photo wherever I've got photos. So then I just can search the spreadsheet, which is, you know, how I've been doing it. And then I'll pull out images and send the images to the clients and say, hey, well, I've got these dogs that kind of match what you're looking for and see what they want to do. Yeah. Got it. Now, when I asked you earlier, you know, why, what's your feeling on why these commercial clients and particularly the corporations are starting to contact you? I would have guessed, and I would have thought your answer was going to be because of your style, because of the kind of images that you're creating that they can see on your website. Am I off the mark there? No, I I guess, yeah, I think that, you know, I am careful about curating the images that I show on the website. And so I've got a portfolio now that I think is pretty strong and does appeal to commercial um, clients. And yeah, I mean, they definitely all like the kind of colourful stuff that I'm doing and what they want in the images. Definitely. Like, you know, I don't really get people saying, hey, I've got this photo shoot I need to do and I need it to be on a white background in the studio you know I'm not getting inquiries like that um you know it's not what I do and it's not really what I'm showing on my website so you know again I think that curating your portfolio carefully is something that you can do really easily to attract the kind of clients that you want to attract I love that Let's talk a bit more closely about your, um, I mean, I'm calling them domestic clients. What do you refer to your regular, you know, mum and dad type dog owners? Yeah, I just call those my private clients, yeah. Private clients, okay. So who is your private client? Is it someone without kids, someone that has a large expendable income, someone with an amazing home that wants to hang wall art? Who are they? Yeah, so most of them are women or are couples who don't have children or whose children have grown up and now their dogs are their children. They generally seem to have nice properties with space to hang things on the wall. I found over the last couple of years, I mean, certainly in Christchurch as well, where, you know, we've got a lot of people buying new properties since the earthquakes and everything. So a lot of these people have new build houses that they want artwork on the walls yeah, that's pretty much pretty much who they are, really. And how are they finding you? Most of my clients come from word of mouth referrals. From past clients or from these commercial places that you've had? Yeah, from past clients. And also I get a lot from a couple of businesses who I've teamed up with and, and have worked with a fair bit. So I get a lot of inquiries for people who've seen my work hanging in my vet clinic have a display in my local vets so I get a lot of people who say hey I've seen this at the vets and can you come and shoot for me and then with the referrals from the private clients themselves are you doing anything to encourage those referrals is that are there bonuses are there incentives for them to refer you no I haven't actually got anything in place it just kind of happens organically I guess I try really hard to 
give my clients a really good experience. And I think that that's been a huge driving factor into why I get referrals. I'd quite like to explore the possibility of introducing a referral program, though. And I've been looking at that a little bit over the last couple of months, but haven't really kind of settled on anything yet. Okay. And then with the vet clinic, you say you have a display there. Do you have photos or wall art hanging in the reception area in the actual individual surgeries? I have wall art in the reception area and they also have the odd picture or two in the consult rooms as well. Consult rooms, right, okay. And with those images in the clinic, do you have your branding on the images? Do you have business cards or flyers? Like, How do people know they're your images and how do they get from there to get in contact with you? So I have my branding on them, which I actually, so it's, they've been up in the vet clinic for probably seven years now. And I would probably change that if I was doing it again. I probably wouldn't actually put my branding on them because I've had a lot of feedback from people saying, oh, I really love his images, but I don't want that big logo on the, <laughs> on, the on the canvas if I get a canvas or whatever. <laughs> anyway, so yes, yeah, so lots of that. But I think that I find what I find about the display that has been most beneficial is that I actually photographed the staff's dogs. So when people are at the clinic and they say, oh, I love this photo on the wall, the staff are like, yeah, well, that's my dog. And we had this photo shoot with Craig and Craig did all these great things with the dog. And this is the photo that we got. So, they, you know, the staff are excited to actually talk about the images and they do. Okay. When they get new staff coming on, do you go back in? And it doesn't sound like it because you said that the display is seven years old, but do you yeah. update those? Uh, no. And that's been largely, thankfully, because the staff have been very consistent there and haven't really changed a lot. But she has moved, my vet has moved to new premises now and has got some new staff. So we've just been talking about updating the display over the next month or two. So, yeah. But yeah, previously it's been so consistent there with staff and everything that. It hasn't needed to happen. So what will you do into you know in the new clinic? Will you you said you wouldn't add your branding to the image? Will you have your branding small? We have no branding at all. And if not, how will people tie that in to get in touch with you? So I have business cards and flyers that are there all the time as well. But also I was thinking that I might make like a little separate piece, like maybe just a six by four block mount or something like that with, you know, images by photography or something on there that would hang below the prints in the reception and, and maybe below any that are in the consult rooms or anything like that. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm thinking I'll do the, the next, next set. Like that. And then in the fly that's there at the vet clinic, does that have pricing or does that just have purely images and contact details? No, it's just got images and contact details. Yeah. Okay. So someone calls you, do you assume that they've been to your website? Someone calls you about a photo session? Um, well, you should never assume. <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> but we tend but, to. <laughs> um, but I can, I can often assume, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I always, I don't know, I feel like they've usually at least been on there. But like I said earlier, I don't automatically assume that people have gone to the pricing page or you know, actually read it, even if they have. And so I send out an email with info on it that makes it pretty clear. So what I want to dive into is how you convert that inquiry into an actual photo session and then a sale ultimately from a private client. Do you generally get a phone call or an email as an initial inquiry? 
So, yeah, initial inquiries are nearly always by email. I get the odd phone call, but not many at all. And then I reply by email, even though I take their phone numbers on my inquiry forms and I always want to phone people. But yeah, I always struggle with the phone a little bit, I think. So I send them out an email. I spend a little bit of time personalizing each one based on what information they've provided about their dogs on their inquiry forms or their contact and then give them kind of an overview of the process and how much it's going to cost. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Matt, unreal. All the things we've been talking about, the commercial work, you know, your actual photography style and the way you light and shoot, your private clients. Do you help other, it looks like you do, you help other photographers with all that as well? Yes. Yeah, I do. And I love doing that. I love the kind of education side of photography that I've been slowly building over the last few years, I guess, and started with doing a few workshops and and actually doing some stuff with Fujifilm has been amazing. So I've done like, a, I've been teaching around New Zealand with Fuji, a beginner's guide to dog photography, which is, uh, oh, it's been phenomenal. The response to that's been amazing. Sometimes we've had 50 people turn up. So we've actually had to start ticketing them now. And what we're doing with those is really nice because, you know, it's not an expensive workshop. It's a couple of hours. It's 20 bucks and the 20 bucks goes to a charity. And usually the charity that the $20 goes to is the people who supply my dog models for the shoot at that workshop. So we're kind of doubling up then. We're getting amazing adoption photos for a charity to use on their websites to say, come and adopt this dog, which makes a massive difference to adoptables. But we've got really nice models that I can use on a workshop and teach these people, these beginners guide to dog photography workshops. So those are real basic for beginners, you know, and I say on those, even if you've only got a phone to take photos with, you can come away with plenty of info that's going to make your phone photos way better. But I go much more in depth in other workshops that I've been doing and on my photography academy online I've got my find your style course where I'm trying to help photographers kind of work out who they are and where they sit kind of artistically within their in their work to, I guess, to attract people that they want to attract. And, that you know, then they're not just getting clients who want photos. They're getting clients who want them to take their photos because they're doing something. Mm -hmm. Do you find, Craig, that when you're working with other photographers, they say, hey, I just want to be able to take photos like you and attract your kind of clients? <laughs> Do you know, I haven't actually really come across that. Really? Oh, wow. There are definitely, you know, and I suppose because everybody's different and we've all got our own thing or, you know, I think a lot of us are striving to have our own thing that, you know, you do teach what you know. So, of course, you know, I'm not teaching people how to do this crazy studio photography with five lights setups or whatever, because that's not what I do. So, you know, we go out and we shoot on location and we use natural light. I, I mean, I've just started using a little bit of lighting in the last few couple of months really as well. But yeah, it's mostly natural light. So that's what I'm, I'm teaching people. But then people incorporate different things in different ways. And so I try and help people find out what their unique, uh, what their glitter is, as I call it, as that sparkle that's that's them. Yeah, so I've been doing that Find Your Style course and I really love doing that with people. And I've just launched a dog photography editing course as well. 
and lots more online content coming too. Yeah, which we need now. I can't wait to be able to go out and do it in person again. I think once we can travel again, I'll be looking forward to getting out and doing more workshops again for sure. Unreal. Because you had the most amazing year lined up. Where were you going to be teaching this year that you had to cancel? (laughs) Yes, so I was going to Japan and um, working with some clients there. I was going to then be speaking at the Animal Image Makers Conference in Minneapolis. I was due to be teaching at Barklander, which is a workshop with Nicole Begley, Charlotte Reeves, Kaylee Greer and Sam Haddix from Dog Breath Photo. So I was going to be teaching there with them in Scotland. There was a, what else were we doing? So that was going to involve a nice trip through England as well. Um, sh- uh, gosh, where else? <laughs> I can't Loads of other places. Wasn't there Spain and Iceland? <laughs> yeah, we were just kind of sorting out teaching a workshop in Iceland and yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, let's not dwell on that. <laughs> that one's going to happen though, like that. Well, I mean, they're all going to happen, but oh my God, I'm dying to go to Iceland. <laughs> that will be that will be phenomenal just to be able to go and visit the place, let alone actually go and photograph dogs there in those amazing locations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so we'll, uh, we'll get there eventually. Um, <laughs> but for now, yeah, I'm just kind of focusing a bit more on the online stuff. And when, um, well, I think next year I might do a workshop in Auckland. I haven't really sorted that out yet, but a a bit more of an in-depth workshop than my beginner's guide ones. And, you know, maybe when we've got a New Zealand, Australia bubble, then I can come over and do something over there too. That'd be lovely. That'd be lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll add links to your social media profiles, but I'm guessing the best place for the listener to learn more is your website. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So photography.co.nz is my sort of client website. But for other photographers, I have got photographyacademy.com. So that's where all my all my online teaching content is. And I am not far off taking my next intake for Find Your Style. So part of that course is like live calls. So we do like Zoom calls and, and work through the course and content together one on one, which is I've had a really awesome feedback from my previous students on how valuable they found those calls. So just about to start my next round of those. So great. And it's a good time for people to jump in. So with just with that course, the find your style course, doesn't matter. So can the photographer be a studio based photographer with lights? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they could be any photographer, really. You know, I'm a dog photographer and I'm teaching dog photographers most of the time. But these are all skills and techniques that could be applied to any photography business, really. But yeah, all my, well, not all my content, most of my content is dog related. Um, So there's lots of dog photos. Uh, I'd say you need to be a dog lover, but not specifically a dog photographer necessarily. (laughs) But yeah, it's just uh, a lot of steps that I've kind of worked out that will help people to be in the right mindset to be more creative, to go out and explore different techniques and gain different inspiration and and just kind of, yeah, help them refine their own artistry. Find their glitter. Yeah, find their glitter, absolutely. <laughs> Everybody's got a sparkle sometimes. <laughs> Craig, it has been a real pleasure, mate. I know this has been a long time coming and I'm so glad we had a chance to talk today. Thank you so much for sharing everything. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me, Andrew. It's been great. Oh, mate, it's been a pleasure. And I'll get this out ASAP and uh, have links to anything and everything that you mentioned in the show notes. So, Craig, a massive thanks again. 
I hope you enjoyed that interview with Craig as much as I did in recording it. Craig, if you're listening again, mate, thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything you did. I really do hope you get to have that dream trip around the world where you get to help other photographers in in the coming year or years, maybe it's going to be 2022 by the time you're able to do that. But I really do hope you do get to make that dream trip, that education trip. What a shocker that it all had to be cancelled this year. Uh, For you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what Craig had to share. Don't forget, if you want to see more of his work, if you want to access anything that he mentioned, I've got links and details in the show notes for today's episode. You can find them at photobizx.com forward slash 385. And as you heard at the end of the interview there, Craig has a couple of courses. He has the Sparkle Editing course and the Find Your Style course. And he also has a, a webinar covering the five biggest mistakes that photographers are making in business. I've got links to all those in the show notes. Now, the courses, if you're interested in taking either of those, you can save 20% as a PhotoBizX listener up until the end of this year, 2020, if you use the promo code PBX2020. So I've got links again in the show notes to access both those courses and also the, the free webinar, but use the code PBX2020 until the end of the year to save 20% on either of those courses if they're of interest to you. Plus, if you are a PhotoBizX Premium member, I can also offer you an additional 20% rebate on either of those courses. So just make sure you use the links in your version of the show notes to access those courses. Send me your receipt. And also, yeah, don't forget to use the promo code PBX2020. Uh, You'll save 20% by using the promo code. I'll give you an additional 20% rebate if you send me your receipt. Uh, I'll do that via PayPal. So I'll also need your PayPal email address if you sign up for either of those courses with Craig. So again, all the links are in the show notes for today's episode, photobizx.com forward slash 385. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Just two more quick announcements before we close out today's episode. If you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you will know all about the daily vlog challenge. It's a three-week challenge where I help you get more comfortable being yourself on camera. And what we do is have a real business focus in the challenge. I get you comfortable being yourself on video by setting you small tasks, small little assignments every single day over a three-week period. All you need is your iPhone, or sorry, all you need is your camera phone or your phone camera. Uh, You don't need to have uh, an SLR. You don't need to have fancy lighting. You just need to be able to record video on your device and you can do the challenge. You can participate and I can promise you, you will see massive changes. Now, you might be asking yourself, why would I want to get good or comfortable being myself on camera? And that's a great question. The reason first up is because it's going to get you more bookings. I'm going to show you how to answer email inquiries using video successfully so you can get your personality across, make a better connection even quicker than any other photographer and generate more bookings as a result. I'm going to show you how to build better relationships with other vendors in your local area by utilizing video. I'm going to show you how to improve your SEO by utilizing video and YouTube. I'm going to show you how to create Facebook ads, Instagram ads, stories, 
posts, and social media content utilizing video while calling out to your ideal client and positioning yourself as the expert. So there's lots we cover in the challenge, but we do it in bite-sized pieces. You need realistically probably 15 to 20 minutes a day. We have the weekends off, so this is Monday to Friday over a three-week period. Like I said, I set you little tasks each day. You upload into our private Facebook group so no one else sees these apart from course participants or challenge participants while we're doing the challenge. I'll give you feedback on your uploads, plus you'll get feedback from other people going through the challenge at the same time. And if you don't see changes, if you don't see results after you work your way through the challenge, you will absolutely, without question, get a refund from me. Like, no question. As long as you participate and get involved and give it a go, if you don't see improvements, like dramatic improvements and results, there's no way I'd want you to pay for the challenge. Now, at the moment, the early bird pricing is available to you. It's $47. US You can sign up at dailyvlogchallenge.com. And the next challenge is kicking off on Monday, November 2nd. That's 2020. Monday, November 2nd, 2020. Once you sign up, I'll get you added into the private Facebook group. And that's where we conduct the challenge. I'll be there to support and help you throughout. I'll be giving you feedback. And I can promise you that if you've ever wanted to introduce or get better at feeling more comfortable being yourself on video, and if you wanted to introduce video into your business, for your marketing, for your advertising, for your communication, this course, this challenge will be invaluable. So daily vlog challenge if you want more info there. And just lastly, I'm not going to spend much time on this, but the pricing masterclass with Joel Dunn is also available. I talked a lot about that last week with Michelle Fay, or in conjunction with Michelle Fay and her interview, and also with Sam Goodwin the week before. So if you want to learn more about creating the kind of price list that is super easy to understand, that is super easy to sell from, that is super easy for your clients to buy from and automatically lead them to your most profitable package or collection, come and check out the Pricing Masterclass, photobizx.com forward slash pricing. And again, there's more details in the show notes if you want them. Alrighty, that is it for me for this episode of the podcast. I hope wherever you are listening in the world, you are staying safe, healthy and well. I hope you have a fantastic and profitable week. I'm looking forward to seeing your comments regarding what Craig had to share. You can leave them in the comments area of the show notes for this week's episode. And of course, if you are a premium member, I'll be adding Craig into the members Facebook group. So we'll have easy access to him there. I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation with you in the group. Again, have a fantastic week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 